Good morning, and welcome to another edition of Today's Nutrition, where we look at what's new in research, what's hot in the news, or any topic that can help us lose weight, feel great, or reverse aging, usually all three. This week, we're going to continue on the subject of toxins. Last week, I talked about the importance of enhancing our body's natural detox mechanisms and why that's so important. To kind of recap, we have added over 90,000 chemicals to our environment. EPA admits that less than 2% have been adequately tested if we even know what to test for. Our bodies were never designed to deal with this level of toxins. We were designed to deal with our own metabolic waste and occasional naturally occurring toxin. Never the amount we're being asked to deal with today. My answer to helping our body to be more resilient is my heavenly cleanse that goes along with my book on Amazon, Get Out of Hormone Hell, Six Heavenly Steps to Feel Great, Lose Weight, and Reverse Aging. Okay. Because 50% of the equation is to optimize our various detox pathways, the other part of the equation is to avoid as much as possible. So today's show is to raise the awareness of what can be in our water supply. The water you drink, the water you bathe in. Our planet is three quarters water. Water is our life. And here is what we're doing to it. First of all, agricultural toxins can find their way into our water supply, and they pose a significant environmental and health concern. Some of the main agricultural toxins and pollutants, and there's lots of references I can give you on this, but the pesticides. You know, they're chemicals used in the environment to control pests, but they can leach into groundwater and surface water, contaminating drinking water sources. Common pesticides like atrazine and glyphosate, Roundup, have been detected in water supplies. The U.S. Geological Survey conducts extensive research on pesticide contamination. With the spring rains, much of the contamination of our water is from farmland wash-off. I checked our local levels of atrazine a couple years ago, and it gets pretty darn high in the spring. Atrazine has a lot of adverse effects on health. Tumors of the breast, ovaries, uterine cancer, leukemia, lymphoma, it is an endocrine-disrupting chemical interrupting hormone function, and possibly causing birth defects, especially in males. I talk a bit about this one in my book. Not something you want to be drinking at all. Then you've got nitrates. Nitrogen-based fertilizers, when overused or improperly managed, can lead to nitrate contamination in the water. Health risks, particularly in infants and pregnant women. EPA provides a lot of information on nitrate contamination. Then you have phosphorus, another nutrient from fertilizers and animal manure that can contribute to water pollution. Excess phosphorus can cause what we call eutrophication of water bodies, like algae blooms and oxygen depletion. USDA offers resources on phosphorus management, but with the mega animal farms, it's a huge concern 
that may have contributed to Lake St. Mary's dangerous bloom and has made the beautiful lake unswimmable. Now, a fourth thing, sediment, isn't something that many of us think about. We used to be told to plant two trees for every one you had to take down. For many reasons, but soil erosion is a good one. Soil erosion from agricultural land can cause sediment runoff into water bodies. Sediment runoff degrades water quality, clogs the waterways, and harms ecosystems. Sometimes you see entire woods being cleared out so people can put up mega mansions and the water quality is destroyed. All the natural barriers for erosion, the trees, the shrubs, the grasses, are wiped away and the water totally murky. All this stirred up sediment physically clogs fish gills, reducing their resistance to disease, lowering growth rates, affecting fish eggs and larva development. Nutrients transported by the sediment can also promote more of that blue-green algae and release toxins that can make swimmers weak and sick and even kill animals. Okay, now you've got animal manure. Boy, oh boy, proper handling and disposal of this, super important. EPA is responsible for regulating the mega farms, the concentrated animal feeding operations, the CAFOs, to minimize their environmental impact. However, many of the local rural wells have had E. coli contamination, and our lakes have had horrific algae bloom. Is it a contributor? Are the standards being enforced? And are they even strict enough? Questions that need to be asked. Agriculture is our bread and butter, feeds the world, but sustainable practices are necessary to minimize the impact of these toxins on our water quality and the environment. Researchers, farmers, and policymakers are continually working to develop and promote best management practices. My husband's on the board of a water conservancy at the lake we go to, and this group works with local farmers to prevent any damage to these small lakes that feed into Lake Erie and to other large bodies of water. Researchers from the local college, the area conservancies, conservationists and farmers all work together to develop sustainable agricultural practices that reduce the need for harmful chemicals and promote soil health. Practices like old-fashioned crop rotation, cover cropping, and precision agriculture are helping minimize runoff and help farmers use less chemicals. Also, natural filtration system, such as constructed or enhanced wetlands, are being implemented to help purify the water, like natural kidneys that will clear it out before it enters the water supply. All these practices are really helpful at protecting our precious resource, water. Okay, other toxins in the water, arsenic. Arsenic is a naturally occurring element that can leach into groundwater, especially under certain geological conditions. Exposure can lead to lots of health problems, skin lesion, cancer of the skin, bladder, uh, cancer of lungs, and cardiovascular disease. 
We all know about lead, lead contamination. That is through aging infrastructure, like we saw in Flint, Michigan, or your plumbing system that has lead pipes, lead fixtures. You know, exposure to lead, really harmful to all of us, but especially to children, learning disabilities, behavioral problems, all sorts of things. Mercury, mercury comes from industrial waste or natural sources like coal mining. Methylmercury, when it gets into the air, goes into the ocean, and it accumulates in fish, making seafood consumption really problematic. Chronic exposure damages the nervous system, causing all sorts of problems. That recommended that uh, we avoid eating larger fish, you know, keep it to less than two times a week, and for pregnant women to avoid. Chlorine and chloramines, they're disinfectants that have been great at preventing waterborne diseases like dysentery and cholera, but chlorine is very reactive, and it will react with other chemicals and other compounds and form disinfection byproducts, DBPs. Long-term exposure to these DBPs linked to all sorts of cancers and reproductive problems. Now, the new beast on the waterfront, plastic. Plastics in our water supply are a growing environmental concern due to their potential dangers and widespread presence. Tiny particles have detrimental effects to the aquatic ecosystems and human health. There are at least four dangers. You've got the environmental impact. You know, once it hits the waterways, it's ingested by marine life, and that can cause physical harm, blockages to their digestive systems, and malnutrition. Also, bioaccumulation. Those microplastics go up the food chain, lead to higher concentrations in the top predators including humans who consume that food. A pilot study found microplastics in many heart tissue and blood specimens of people who underwent cardiac surgery. Scientists are finding microplastics everywhere we look for them, even in the human body. And also, microplastics absorb and transport toxic chemicals like PCBs and pesticides. When you ingest those, then they're released into the body, increasing the risk of toxicity. Huge impact on our ecosystem. They alter the behavior of aquatic organisms and interfere with their reproductive health and growth. You can see where this is getting to be a huge problem. If you can't have animals and fish reproducing, Where's our food supply going? So where where are the sources of the microplastic? And where this is where we can be actionable. First of all, you've got plastic fragmentation. Plastic bottles, bags, they break down into smaller little fragments due to weathering. Um, plastic water bottles, when they're exposed to heat, those microplastics migrate into the water. You know, imagine water bottles sitting in hot trailers in Texas for weeks. We've been told not to microwave in plastic, but that's not enough. 
check inside every can you eat out of or drink out of. Most all of them are lined in plastic. Ugh. Microbeads. Until recently, microplastic beads were commonly used in cosmetic products like exfoliating scrubs and toothpaste. You know, they wash down the drains, enter the water system. You know, a lot of companies have banned these microbeads in cosmetics. Then this is a huge one. Synthetic fibers. Microplastics shed from synthetic fibers like polyester and nylon every time you wash them. All your stretchy jeans, your moisture-wicking fabric, pretty much everything you wear, everything vegan. These plastic fibers are liberated from washing, and they're too small to be captured by the wastewater treatment plants, and they'll end up in the waters, the oceans, and most importantly, your drinking water. The municipal water companies are not capable of filtering these microplastics. So if you're drinking tap water, you're drinking plastic. Tire wear. You know, tires have lots of microplastic, and so as the tires wear down, not only does that get into the water supply, but it also in the air you breathe. Industrial processes, you know, it's everywhere. Then the big thing, they're forming plastic islands. Five major gyres, they're called G-Y-R-E-S. You've got the Great Pacific Garbage Patch, You've got the North Atlantic Garbage Patch. You've also got the South Pacific, and you've got the Indian Ocean. You can imagine the environmental impact. Marine animals ingest or become entangled in this plastic debris. Plastics release chemicals when they break down. That's affecting the water quality and the health of the marine ecosystems. You know, they're transplanting invasive species all over the planet. You know, so how do we deal with all this? Effects are in place to help clean up some of these islands. And, you know, we're trying to use some technology to remove the plastic debris. But additionally, there is growing emphasis that we need to reduce plastic use, improve recycling infrastructure, um, you know, and international agreements and regulations are being developed. But, oh. For the days when everything was sustainable, concrete, glass, steel, wood, I'm afraid those days are gone. And I know this is all pretty sobering, but remember, the body is resilient and it has many duplications built in to help detoxify. So I love my heavenly cleanse. That helps your body detoxify, avoid as much as possible, get a HEPA filtration system, drink reverse osmosis water. That's going to clear out much of that. Um, You know, avoid as much as we can and support our health and the health of our loved ones as much as we can. If we all work together, we can reverse some of these unhealthy trends and build a healthier world for the future generations. It's not just about us. You know, we need to take steps every day to avoid all these toxins and help your body naturally detoxify. So thanks for listening and have a naturally wonderful day.